You can't impeach me, darn it. Uh, maybe you can. Well, we don't want you to even try because we, we love having you around. And you know what? I love being here with you. Oh, I just love it. Yes, I do. Hey, it's y'all. Good to have you back here as we start the midweek edition. And I know things are crazy in Washington, D.C., and it's going to probably get a lot crazier. But stick with us here on the Y'all Show because we have a show that for the next two hours, we're going to you know, not worry about all this impeachment stuff. And whether you love our president or you hate him, you, you need a break, okay? And that's what the Y'all Show offers. We'll, we'll talk a little presidential stuff, but we're not going to repeat what every other news channel has on a loop all day and all night. We're, we're, we're different. We're Y'all. This is Y'all country, for goodness sakes. And on this edition of the y'all show we've got headlines from across the southeast including we're going to talk about vaping we've got more data coming in on vaping that you need to be aware of we'll tell you how a person is being charged after 150 dead dogs were found on their property also the kentucky governor he said that the recent teen climate activist that was at the un was ill-informed what was my bevan thinking or maybe he was right on the money when he said that. Also, uh, I'm looking right, some of y'all right in the eye with this headline. Unmarried partners in in the U.S., the number of U.S. couples that are unmarried has tripled in two decades. Shame, shame, shame. Where's, where's the church lady when you need her? And we'll talk about that report a little bit later in our headlines. And then, of course, we always find some of the goofy headlines in our report of the South. And we have someone in Florida convicted of what they call not a high-speed chase, a low-speed chase in the Sunshine State. That's all coming up in our news headlines from Dixie. And later this hour, we got the news of the Atlantic Coast Conference to pass along. Jonathan Leifheit of CBS Sports Digital and the 24-7 Sports Network is dropping by. We're going to discuss that big win the ACC had over the UCF Knights this past weekend. And we'll also talk about the Week 5 matchups as Notre Dame is going to be hosting the undefeated Virginia Cavaliers at South Bend. And we'll discuss that, plus all the other fun games like Clemson traveling to Keenan Stadium to take on the North Carolina Tar Heels, which lost to Appalachian State last week, y'all. What's up with that, Mac Brown? We'll discuss all that in our ACC Spotlight later this hour when we get to the second hour of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. We'll have our hashtag, Blue. We have some real fun stuff that social media the filters at social media somehow found these things, and we're going to share it with you in the second hour. And then, oh, sit down and buckle up, because Precious Harris is dropping by with the Nashville Music Line, and her executive assistant has already warned me that they're going to have some good stuff. As she's got a, a number one to talk about with us here this week, and that same executive assistant told me that they're going to work Precious, her schedule They're going to work her in with us after she goes to some kind of Eric Church event. So she's gone to church, and now she's coming to y'all. That's a pretty good combination, Miss Harris. 
our Nashville music line coming up in the second hour. If you want to ask Precious a question, if you want to ask our ACC guy, Jonathan Lifehide, a question, if you want to make a comment, a suggestion, criticize, we'll take it all, y'all. Our number, 803-816-1170, our website, y'all.com. And you can find us on Facebook. Go to y'all.com on Facebook. Like our page. Please like our page. Pretty please like our page. And you'll be in touch with all kinds of great stories throughout the day. But also, each day when we post the Y'all Show podcast out there, you'll see it show up on Facebook. Oh, and speaking of the Y'all Show podcast, you can like us on a couple of these streaming apps, and the Y'all Show podcast will come right to your smartphone. It'll come right to your iPad, if you have an iPad. And all you got to do is go into the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn podcast app, or the Apple Podcast app, and it's free of charge. Search for Y'all Show, and it's right there. Just like it or subscribe, and you'll be set. And again, we want to thank all of our great radio stations that carry the All Southern Show on a network across the land of cotton. Well, we start our headlines out today in the South with a little information not about President Trump, okay? This is a little bit maybe more important because this is a life-or-death situation going on in our country, and the number of vaping-related illnesses in the country could climb much higher than expected, according to public health officials. Dr. Ann Shukat of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention told a congressional subcommittee this week that she believes hundreds more lung illnesses have been reported to health authorities since last week alone when the CDC put the tally at five. 530 confirmed and probable cases, again, caused by vaping. Remember, we've already reported nine deaths in the country due to this kind of fad or whatever you want to call it. And on Tuesday, how about this? Massachusetts ordered a four-month halt to sales of all vaping products and devices. And this temporary ban is the first of its kind in the country. Michigan and New York have targeted their bans to vaping flavors. So are southern states going to jump in on this? And we, we don't want to see kids. We don't see anyone die of something that it's not necessary. And right now, officials expect hundreds more cases of vaping illnesses to be reported in just the coming days. So it, it appears to be a major problem. And there's a lot of companies out there that make a lot of money off of vaping and a lot of stores that are kind of devoted to vaping that are right now a little worried. And I can't say I don't blame them for this, but we don't want to see our little ones or anybody injured at all or dying because of something called vaping, for goodness sake. Here's a disturbing story coming from the low country of South Carolina as an 11-year-old boy has been reunited with his family after, get this, he drove three hours all by himself to try to meet up with a man he met on Snapchat, and he was found in Charleston, South Carolina. This fellow, this young boy, this 11-year-old, was from the upstate, and I think the Simpsonville area was where he was from. But on Monday morning, the boy pulled up next to a Charleston police officer in his police cruiser on Rutledge Avenue. That's in downtown Charleston, not far from the Citadel campus. And that's when the officer realized the child was the only person in the car And the boy told the officer that he had just driven from the Simpsonville area, which is just outside of Greenville. And he came down Interstate 26, which is about a three-hour drive, goodness sakes, right through Columbia. And 11-year-old doing this. 
and he came into Charleston and got lost. And that's why the cop even noticed this 11-year-old driving a car. It turns out that he took his brother's car and drove all the way to the Holy City to live with an unknown male he met on Snapchat. His father's insignia tablet lost the GPS signal that was directing him to that address in Charleston. And when he lost that GPS signal, he lost the address and therefore was unable to recover it because... I didn't know this. Snapchat messages disappear or are deleted after they are read. That's a wonderful, lucky break there that he ended up not finding this address. The father found out that his son was alive or, or safe after he had just, he was getting ready to report his son missing to the Simpsonville Police Department. And after finding out his son was safe and sound in Charleston, he drove to the Holy City to pick up his kid and the car while the pad- tablet was placed in evidence for analysis. An investigation is going on to find out who this person was that lured this 11-year-old boy three hours away. But good Lord, this kid drove a car all by himself at 11 years old. I don't think at 11 years old I could drive a go-kart for not only three hours, but for three minutes. And I'm a pretty good driver. But unfortunately, that happened. The good news is the kid never rendezvoused with this bad person and he's reunited with his family that's great news got some crazy stories coming to us from florida some things are showing up all of a sudden and they've got some big value two venezuelans have now been charged with smuggling about five million dollars in gold bars into the sunshine state they did this on a private plane and a federal criminal complaint filed this week charges a man named John Carlos Sanchez Rojas and Victor Fossi Greco with hiding the gold bars inside a metal panel of the aircraft's nose. The plane landed last week at a small airport in Fort Lauderdale, and authorities say that officials say that he had $24,000 in cash but did not declare the gold bars, and authorities later noticed loose rivets in the aircraft's nose, and that's where they found 230 pounds of gold in this plane that's a lot you know when you fly a small plane weight is everything and so these two venezuelans now charged with smuggling five million dollars in gold bars now why didn't they just land in my property and 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 i'd have taken one of those gold bars in exchange for their landing you know just where's where's the luck or maybe y'all want them landing in your property i don't know if they got that kind of money and that kind of gold bar they're probably into mischief and eh, you might not live to tell about it if they landed on your property okay all right here's another discovery coming from the sunshine state a jacksonville florida-based coast guard crew intercepted a submarine that was carrying 12,000 pounds of cocaine, and that was worth not $5 million like those gold bars. This cocaine in the submarine valued at over 165 mil. And the semi-submersible was originally detected by Maritime Patrol aircraft, and this Coast Guard cutter Valiant was sent to intercept the vessel. Over 1,100 pounds of cocaine recovered and removed from the sub. Four suspected drug smugglers are being apprehended during this seizure so great job u.s coast guard cutter valiant taking down the narcotic submarine pretty brave there off of florida and 165 million dollars of cocaine hopefully will be lit up and no one will ever enjoy it or possibly die from it frankly is what's more than likely going to happen with some of this stuff coming from south of the border or east of the border wherever it's coming from hey if you like the lunar program this is not the best of news to share with you here is nasa says the 1969 moon landing lab is going to be demolished next year this is the building where 
Apollo 11 astronaut Neil Armstrong and his colleagues emerged from quarantine after their 1969 moon mission, and it's fallen into disrepair, and it's going to be demolished. This week, the Houston Chronicle said that the Lunar Receiving Laboratory at Johnson Space Center hasn't been used for two years and is set to be torn down in 2020. The building, which was completed in 1967, was designed to isolate the astronauts and lunar rock samples until it was clear they weren't carrying disease. You'd think that thing would have some kind of museum that would be wanting it, and it would be saved because uh, unless things change, we, we still may not be making it back to the moon anytime soon. And this is truly something out of this world right here in this world. All right, to Missouri we go. A couple who operated an animal rescue center, they faced multiple charges after authorities found about 150 dead dogs on their property in Missouri, as well as Texas, and authorities have rescued hundreds more animals that were packed in the cages and living in unimaginable conditions, according to law enforcement. Tiffany and Stephen Woodington operated the All Accounted For, which brought animals from Texas and Missouri to the Benton County, Missouri area. And the sheriff's office there said that they found nearly 300 animals living at the operations in those two states, but they many of them had to be euthanized because of poor health. Tiffany Woodington, who's 49 years old, now charged in Missouri with 10 counts of felony animal abuse and two misdemeanor counts of animal abuse. Her husband, Stephen, who's 55, charged in Texas with 19 counts of animal cruelty. A second man described as the caretaker also charged in the Lone Star State with animal cruelty, but a disturbing headline with 150 dead dogs from people who you thought were on the side of animals. Well, Matt Bevin is the Kentucky governor. He's in a big race right now in the Commonwealth as he's up for re-election here in a couple of months. Well, the governor of Kentucky touted the reliability of fossil fuels and called that teen climate activist Greta Thunberg remarkably ill-informed during a conference on energy. And he was asked about the 16-year-old Swedish, Swedish activist on Tuesday after he gave a keynote address at the annual meeting of the Southern States Energy Board, that being held in Louisville. The governor said Thunberg is an intelligent woman, a young woman. She's very emotional. She's very passionate. And she's remarkably ill-informed. Now, the day before, this teen from Sweden gave a very fiery speech at the U.N. urging action on climate change. And most of the media went bonkers in support of her. President Trump actually had something to say about her with a comment saying on Twitter, she seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see uh, maybe not the nicest of things, especially with President Trump being embattled as he is right now. So that is the story coming out of Louisville with the Kentucky governor making those comments. Well, we have more headlines from across Dixie that we're going to get to after the break. Stick around. Plus, reminder, later this hour, our friend Jonathan Leifheit is going to have our ACC report. The Y'all Show will return. Keep it locked here. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. 
Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For a limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now. Rolling on with more headlines from across the southeast here on the Y'all Show. Hey, (laughs) don't want to cast judgment here, but this new survey out from the U.S. Census Bureau says the number of unmarried partners living together has tripled in the past two decades due to greater social acceptance. The report released this week says the number went from nearly 6 million back in 1996, from 6 million 23 years ago, to 19.1 million in 2018. 19.1 million people, unmarried partners living together. Oh, we all need to go to church after this one, right? Well, he who's innocent... Cast the first stone. (laughs) All right. The report says unmarried partners are older, better educated, more likely to earn higher wages and more racially diverse than in the past. So that is up the information from our Census Bureau. And they haven't even done the official census. So we can ask questions whether you're married in these kind of Census Bureau reports, but you can't ask people if they're American citizens. Isn't that stupid? Or how about our undocumented all right here here here's what president trump needs to start saying from now on if you're undocumented and you're living together you got to go that's it you're you're out of here you think that'll fly because that's socially acceptable now according to the u.s census bureau but yeah what a what a jump from six million to 19.1 million and you know what i've got the reason for that jump that tripling of our 
people living together that are not officially wedded in holy matrimony. And that answer, for that reason, it's five-letter word. It's the five-letter. It's not the four-letter word. It's not because of love. The reason there are so many people living in sin, it's the five-letter word, especially since it traces back to the 1996 timeline here. That five-letter word, O-P-R-A-H, Oprah. Oprah is the reason for this, in my opinion. And unless you can prove me wrong, I'm going to stick with that. Moving on with our headlines across the country. We need some good stories here, all right? And here's a good story. A teacher is now being praised for carrying a student with spina bifida on their back during a field trip. What a great story coming from the Tully Elementary School in Louisville, Kentucky. As Jim Freeman's a teacher there and was taking a class of students to the Falls of the Ohio for a field trip last week, and he wanted to make sure that no student felt left out. So, Mr. Freeman, Jim Freeman that is, had one of his young students, a 10-year-old girl named Ryan, who has spina bifida and has to use a wheelchair, thought that she would not be able to attend the group trip as the falls were not accessible for her. So her mom wrote on the Facebook page, Team Ryan, that she was planning an alternate field trip day for her daughter when the teacher, Mr. Freeman, reached out to the family and volunteered to tote Ryan around the falls all day long. That's exactly what he did. What a heck of a gesture there. This deserves a medal for this Louisville area teacher at Tully Elementary School, Jim Freeman. Way to go. Great job. See, we do live in a pretty darn good part of the world here in Dixie. Here's another good story coming from the South here. This is from Winston-Salem. As a North Carolina sheriff's deputy there is receiving praise on social media for buying a tank of gasoline for a disabled woman who didn't have enough money to fill up a car. And the Forsyth County Sheriff Deputy Chris Owen said he was checking on security at a Sheets convenience store there in Winston-Salem early on Sunday morning. We're talking 3 in the morning when a woman asked him to pump her gas. And the seven-year veteran of the department, Officer Owen, said the woman gave him $8, but he figured that that wasn't enough to get her where she needed to go. So he put the nearly $39 purchase on his credit card and gave the woman her money back. And by Tuesday afternoon, his story had more than 8,000 reactions and 1,200 shares on Facebook. And evidently, he did this on his personal credit card. I'm not sure if you're a police officer, if the departments around the South give their officer a credit card or not. I, I seriously doubt it. Heck, most of these officers, I find it a little weird that not only police officers, but everybody in municipalities with their government-issued vehicles go to, like, gas stations that we go to to fill up. I guess they don't have their own gas pumps at these municipalities and their the police force. It must be cheaper to just reimburse the officers or something like that. I, I don't really know. Of course, every jurisdiction is set up a little bit different. But what a great story coming from Winston-Salem with this officer there, Chris Owen, and his great gesture helping this disabled woman get a tank of gas early on Sunday morning. Oh, what a good story. And now a man in Georgia has pleaded guilty to two armed robberies that he says he committed to get money for school. 28-year-old Javar Richard Haywood was sentenced this week to 15 years in prison and 15 years of probation, and he pleaded guilty to robbing a gas station and a Waffle House back on the 4th of July of 2018. And when the judge there, Howard Sims, asked Haywood in court what he wanted the money for when he did these robberies, Haywood replied that he needed $200 to get his GED diploma. <laughs> well, well, guess what? If you want $200 to get your GED diploma, you don't need to do what Haywood did, which 
Well, here's what he did. A gas station clerk ended up being slightly wounded when Haywood shot at him through bulletproof glass. And then Haywood held a Waffle House waitress at gunpoint to get money from the register. Man, he just needed $200 to get his GED, and he's out shooting people and holding them up at gunpoint. That's not very studious there, Javar Richard Haywood of Macon, GA. Lock him up and throw that key away. And our final story, if you thought that was a dummy in the South, where's Jeff Foxworthy when you need him? Here's another one for you, Jeff. A Florida man has led cops on a not high-speed chase, but a low-speed chase. And in return, he gets his fifth DUI. 56-year-old Gordon Orman flashed his pearly whites in a really strange-looking jail photo after he was hauled in by cops for and i saw this photo it's creepy looking if you see mr orman in his mugshot he was hauled in by the cops for allegedly running a red light in newport ritchie in his white van and when a deputy with the pasco county sheriff's office tried to pull him over he didn't want to stop and so he ignored police sirens and emergency lights and continued to drive between 15 and 35 miles per hour and at one point hit a basketball goal. <laughs> and he was eventually thwarted with authorities when they got out the stop sticks, which is a lot easier to do when you're driving between 15 and 35 miles per hour. Investigators said that Orman claimed his license had been suspended, but when they checked the system, they reportedly noticed his license had been revoked, not suspended, revoked since 1991. And he had four previous DUI convictions to his name. He was arrested this time for another DUI, his fifth, after he failed to submit a breath test and fleeing the scene of a crash. And this was his 12th arrest for driving with a suspended or revoked license. Again, lock him away and throw the key away and then flush the key down the toilet while you're at it. This guy needs to go to jail for quite some time, in my opinion. And I bet it's probably your opinion, too. And that's what's going on in the South. Man, what a mixture of craziness here and some good feel-good stories, too. Well, when we come back, Jonathan Lifehite's going to bring the good word about ACC sports. Hey, Pitt looked darn good in their upset win over UCF last weekend. This weekend, Notre Dame hosts Virginia in a big game on NBC. Plus, Clemson travels to Chapel Hill and Wake Forest. The undefeated Demon Deeks are heading to Boston College. We've got a preview of all of that coming up in the next segment. You don't want to miss it. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear, filling in for Smokey on his birthday. Because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Just look at the news. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. 
And I'm not just talking about obvious things like campfires or letting your totally sweet nephew, Francis, play with matches. I'm talking about dumping your used barbecue coals willy-nilly or parking your car on tall, dry grass. That can lead to... Poof! Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. But listen, being a South Carolinian, I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous, deciduous, or new car scented. So if you love the outdoors like me, go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention, because fire safety is always in season. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. ACC time on the Y'all Show, and the fight song you're hearing there might be the first time you've ever heard that fight song here on the All Southern program, because that's a Yankee school we're playing there. That's the song of the Pitt Panthers, and Jonathan Leifite of 24-7 Sports and CBSSportsDigital.com. There's a dang good reason we're playing the fight song of the Pitt Panthers. They might have just had the best performance of all ACC teams all year long in their win over UCF last weekend, eh? Yeah, they had a really good uh, really good performance. Kenny Pickett did a good job, and they went out there and did what nobody thought they could do, and that's uh, to beat a, a pretty darn good UCF team. So hats off to them, and uh, – Probably about time for the ACC. They needed to step up and get a victory like that and finally did it. It was called the Pitt Special, but it was really a Pitt miracle. Yeah, it was a little bit of a miracle, but you know, give them credit. They hung in there the whole game, and after getting their butts beat by uh, UCF last year, they uh, they pulled it off this year. So hats off to them. I had forgot they played. Do you? I don't know you to know the exact score, but can you kind of give me an educated guess on the score from last year's Pitt-UCF game? I think it was 41 or 45 to like 14 or something like that. It was pretty, uh, pretty brutal. All right. Well, congratulations again to the Panthers and a great 35 34 win here in 2019, giving UCF their first regular season loss in about three years. Maybe that train has sailed. And we won't have to hear about the Knights too much longer. Clemson was very, very, very powerful in their win over the Charlotte 49ers, 52-10. No surprise there at Death Valley. Virginia, they had a scare early on from Old Dominion, but the Cavaliers prevailed 28-17. Boston College won on the road at Rutgers, 30-16. They've got Wake Forest coming in this weekend. Syracuse, they had to rally to some degree, but they got the win over Western Michigan, 52-33. Wake Forest looked impressive in their game against their neighbor, the Elon Phoenix, as Wake wins 49-7. Wake, by the way, now 4-0 on the season. And Florida State, they got a rare win, 35-24 over the Louisville Cardinals. Miami had to hold on, but they got the win over the Central Michigan Chippewas, 17-12. NC State defeated Ball State, 34-23. So, Jonathan, everything I'm saying thus far sounds pretty good, right, for the ACC? Yeah, but you got one that you haven't mentioned yet. No, I haven't mentioned. UNC loses at home to Appalachian State. The UNC train may have sailed as Mac <laughs> Brown has lost now two consecutive weeks. He lost a wake in a non-conference game. And now Appalachian State from the Old North State comes over to Chapel Hill. And the boys from Boone prevail 34-31. And that was not a good sign for the ACC to lose to a Sunbelt team. 
No, it's not, but give Appalachian State some credit. They have been like a 10-win team uh, pretty much the last several years, and uh, their coach, of course, uh, from last year uh, ended up at Louisville. Uh, so they've had a pretty solid program going on. So, you know, I would call it an upset, but I wouldn't call it a huge upset. Yeah, and of course, they went to Raleigh to get their new head coach and drink wits. And what a great job there he's doing in his first year. App State 3-0 and on the season thus far. And unfortunately for UNC, dropping that game at Keenan Stadium. But Jonathan, they can make up for it this weekend. We'll tell you about that matchup in just a few minutes. As we look at ACC headlines heading into Week 5. Hey, Jonathan, I don't know if you saw the... The article by Dennis Dodd at CBSSports.com, but he's got an article titled Dabo Sweeney Already Has National Championship Plans as Clemson Efforts Rare Title Defense. Now, that doesn't seem like too weird of a headline, but I, I know you've had a chance to just kind of skim through this. Your thoughts on what Dennis Dodd said about the Tigers? Well, Dabo has actually uh, not just got, you know, national championship plans, which you would expect, you know, given where they've been the last few years, but he actually's got the parade marked on the calendar and uh which is uh you know a little bit cocky but hey you know give him give him credit he's been uh, putting his money where his mouth is with regard to uh his team's performance on the field so but all in all it just seems like you know clemson's got it going and they're they're doing all the right making all the right moves you know if they started losing and some of this stuff it would probably uh, come off a lot different but when you're on the winning side you really can't do anything wrong and uh so give uh give Dabo some credit he can't do anything wrong right now. Well, let me know. When is that parade? What day? Uh, I didn't. Rem- I don't remember what day <laughs> it is, but uh, I'm pretty sure I won't be there. It's usually the Saturday after the national championship game on a Monday, and this is kind of becoming an old hat there in Clemson, South Carolina. So, Dabo, if you're listening, and you're, this is coming from a native South Carolinian, okay? Yep. You, you ought to do something a little bit different this year and to make it easier on the rest of the Palmetto State and to have a lot more people perhaps participate in your national championship parade, you need to move that thing. Guess guess where he needs to move it, Jonathan? Uh, Columbia. <laughs> you got it. Right down Main Street. <laughs> because I promise you, and this stings, Gamecock fans, you'll never have a national championship parade for your football team. So you might as well let Clemson have it. And trust me, as a guy who grew up in Columbia's my birth city, there are more Clemson fans right around the Columbia area than Gamecock fans. So, and of course, that makes it, that's kind of a centralized location in South Carolina. So, hey, you can triple your attendance, Dabo, by moving that thing to Columbia if indeed you win it. And if you win it this year, hey, I th- I say go for it because, again, no, no, not trying to pile on Will Muschamp here, but I just don't ever see the Gamecocks winning any kind of big championship. And you might as well let those uh, – uh, I won't say what, what I think of them, people from Clemson, come in there and have another, another parade. But, yeah, because Clemson, South Carolina, Jonathan, when they have a parade there, it's a pretty short parade. Well, it's not a very big city, uh, but <laughs> it's not a city. It's not a city. It's a small town. Uh, it's a college town. Yeah. But anyway, I think it's College Avenue right there in Clemson where they would have such a parade. But yes, Dabo's got it circled. And why not? Clemson right now is number one. They've been number one. And unless something extremely, extremely Un, unpredictable happens they're going to be right back in the at least the title game and probably have a darn good chance of winning it well we won't see florida state participating in a national championship game this year jonathan is that a safe statement i think that's 
pretty darn safe at this point. Okay. Well, we have a chance to look at an article out on warchant.com about FSU, and they graded how FSU actually won that game 35-24 over the Louisville Cardinals this weekend. And I wanted to get your take, not necessarily on this article, Jonathan, but it appears that they went to the transfer from up north, Hornybrook, to come in and guide them to the victory over the Cards. What would you think about that? Well, uh, Hornybrook did a good job. I thought that uh, James Blackman might have gone out with an injury, so that's why they had to go to Hornybrook. But um, he did a pretty good job. I think he uh, completed, you know, when you toss away a couple of drops and some uh, some throwaways, he uh, he had a really good day, uh, you know, passing. So I thought he did a good job. And, you know, uh, credit to Willie Taggart and his staff for, for having him prepare when uh, – you know, when you got to move to the next quarterback. All right. Alex Hornerbrook against Louisville completed 15 of 20 passes for 255 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns and a welcome win for FSU as they got the victory over Louisville and maybe silenced a few people who were starting to get a little restless in Doak Campbell Stadium. All right, Jonathan, we talked about Appalachian State knocking off UNC this past weekend, and that was a really tough blow for Mac Brown and his program, which now sinks to 2-2 two two on the season. But our friends at the News Observer in the Raleigh-Durham area, they've come out with an article called Javante Williams Almost Quit Football. Now he's a starting running back at UNC. Jonathan M. Alexander penned this article. And this is one of those feel-good stories. I'm sure this will end up being something on ESPN, one of those dramatic-type game-day-type stories. But I wanted to get your take on this article about how this kid just about walked away, and now he's a starting running back. Yeah, he. Uh, it's a. It's always a good story to see that this kid always dreamed of playing for North Carolina, and uh, you know, growing up, that's uh, that's who he wanted to play for. And uh, you know, he played linebacker and was a really darn good linebacker. Excuse me, a linebacker and safety uh, for his team. Um, uh, and his team, by the way, won four straight uh, uh, state championships. So, really good player on a really good team. And he wasn't getting any attention though from the. Uh, you know, from any of the schools. So his coach decided, you know what, you might be a better off at running back, uh, put him at running back. And I think he ran for five or six times for over 200 yards. And again, propelled his team to the, to the state championship. So, um, you know, at that point, uh, Larry Fedora and his, uh, his, uh, staff were watching him and, uh, decided, you know what, you're worth, uh, worth a scholarship. And, and he got, uh, ended up getting the scholarship of his dreams from the, from the school of his dreams. So, uh, you know, really good feel good story. If he hadn't gotten that, he probably would have ended up, uh, um, either walking on or just giving up football altogether and, 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 and headed to UNC. Uh, the other, the other good point about this is this kid also cares about his academics. He was his class valedictorian. Uh, which it tells you, you know, a lot about it. And uh, I believe one of his teammates made a comment about you, you can count on three things, you know, death taxes and and uh, and Williams being in class. <laughs> All right. Well, congratulations. And despite a, a rough start here the last couple two weeks for UNC, a, a story that reminds you these are kids, and sometimes they're darn smart kids and very good kids in these college football programs. They're not always making headlines for the wrong reasons. And so a great story there about an ACC football player. Well, another ACC football player is getting geared up for this weekend's game against Notre Dame. 
Virginia defensive end Eli Handback has come out and made a pretty famous quote here this week about playing at South Bend. He said, quote, we're going there to play a football game, not go sightseeing. And Jonathan, I don't know about you. I made my first trip to South Bend back in June and had a chance to look around. And frankly, after about two or three hours, I was ready to hit the road and go somewhere else because there's not a lot to see, in, in my opinion. What, have you been to South Bend? I've actually been there on three occasions. Uh, I was there in, two, in 1997, uh, 2007, and 2015. And I will agree that if you are not there on game day for a Notre Dame football game, there is very little to see. So, but on game day, I, I will, you know, have to give credit where credit's due. Um, they were among the most welcoming and, uh, and great fans. It was great. Uh, it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, just having having fun with the fans and whatever. You know, seeing a few things, touchdown Jesus, and then uh, headed to the stadium. And they do it old school in that stadium. You know, there's no video boards, there's no uh, graphics in the end zones. It's it's all old school. So you, it's really kind of a throwback and really kind of a neat experience. Well, I know one of those occasions you went there in 2007 was a very good day for you as Georgia Tech defeated Notre Dame. <laughs> what about the other two times? Uh, let's see. In 97, they lost uh, just barely. I believe it was 17, 14. And then, uh, in 2015, they lost 30 to 22, um, uh, in a game that wasn't that close, really. Well, Jonathan here in week five of ACC football play, it is going to be the game of the week in the conference is really a half conference game as Virginia travels to South Bend. And it's a top 20 matchup between the Who's and number 10 Notre Dame, a game televised on NBC set to kick off at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 in South Bend. I think South is South Bend Eastern or Central time. Do you know? Uh, it is Central Time. Okay, 2.30 South Bend time from Notre Dame Stadium. And, Jonathan, the Hoos have a real opportunity. I won't say to shock the world since Notre Dame just lost last weekend between the hedges, but this would go a long way for Bronco Mendenhall's plan to make Virginia, the football team at least, a national contender. Yeah, that it would. And, uh, you know, they've been making good, steady progress under Mendenhall, and this is a this is a big opportunity. Step up, uh, step up a notch under a bigger stage and, uh, and see what they've got. So, uh, you know, that, uh, we'll see if they are as good as they are advertised. Now, of course, they're, you know, they should lose the game if you believe the rankings that, you know, them going in at number 20 and, uh, and Notre Dame being number 10 and it being at Notre Dame. But nonetheless, they've got a big opportunity to kind of prove that, uh, their program deserves their ranking and maybe even more. Well, Jonathan, last weekend, it was supposedly a really big game in Athens, Georgia, between the Irish and that team in Athens. And after seeing that game, did you come out of that thinking Notre Dame was as good as promised or maybe they're lacking a little bit? No, I think they're pretty good. Um, you know, unfortunately, that team in Athens is pretty good. Um, uh, but, it, you know, it seemed to me like they could you know, stand a little bit of work on their uh, on the offensive side for, for Notre Dame. But their defense, I thought, held up pretty well. And uh, did a much better job than I actually expected against uh, that uh, horrible uh, team from Athens. Yep. Well, the number one Clemson Tigers will be at Cannon Stadium, where the North Carolina Tar Heels look to rebound after two straight losses. Number one Clemson and the Heels. That's set for a 3.30 Chapel Hill time kick on ABC. Any chance Mac Brown can pull the upset here? 
Uh, none whatsoever. Well, come on, Jonathan. Where's the optimism? Syracuse. Uh, I am. I'm, I'm very optimistic. All right. Sy- Syracuse has Holy Cross coming into the Carrier Dome in a battle of a ACC versus a FCS program. This game set to kick off at 12 Eastern, 11 Central on the ACC network, which, by the way, I tuned in the other day to the ACC network, and I'm not trying to rub it in your face here, Jonathan, but if you get the, if you get a chance to tune into that early game on the ACC network, work on Saturdays, you're promised, at least so far, one heck of a game as James, whatever his last name is, and I guess he's teamed up with... Uh, James Bates? Yeah, James Bates and the other guy who's been on right. the old Jefferson Pilot ACC broadcast forever. They they made mention that two weeks ago in ACC play, Georgia Tech fell in overtime to the Citadel, and then last week in a nail-biter, that's where Pitt defeated UCF on that same slot on the ACC network. So this week, it's Holy Cross and Syracuse with that early game on the ACC network. Maybe Holy Cross will pull out a big upset. Eh, probably not. <laughs> Holy Toledo, Holy Cross is not going to win, according to not John. Gonna give a, I don't give Gordy Lockbaum's uh, uh, alma mater much chance on this one. Another FCS team facing off against an ACC team, that Pitt Panther team that had a big win last week. They've got the Delaware Blue Hens coming in to Heinz Field. This game on the ACCNX, the digital component of the ACC network. That game set for a 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central time kick. And also in ACC action, a game facing off between the ACC and an American team. And this is a Jeff Collins throwback game as Jeff Collins and Georgia Tech looks to get back on the winning side with a road trip to Lincoln Financial Field, and he'll be facing off against the team that he coached the last couple of years, the Temple Owls and Georgia Tech. This game set on the CBS Sports Network, 3.30 Philly time between the Jackets and the Owls. And Jonathan, to kind of channel Temple's mascot, who is going to win this one? Well, uh, unless Georgia Tech starts getting their offense on track, I, I have to give the inside track to, to Temple. They've, they've looked good this year so far. They beat a pretty uh, solid Maryland team and uh, uh, beat them pretty nicely. So uh, right now they look like they might be in better shape. Georgia Tech, is uh, their offense just looks uh, abysmal at this point. Well, part of the reason for that, Jonathan, is, again, I think, uh, the switch from the option offense to what they're doing oh, now, no doubt. The, the pro style. Are any of the quarterbacks capable of running a pro-style offense? Well, uh, so far, no, no. Uh, but we'll see if they get better over the course of the season. But at this point, it doesn't look like uh, doesn't look like they will. Uh, it will be interesting. Uh, probably Tobias Oliver will get the nod for most of the game. I believe uh, Lucas Johnson was has been out of practice, mostly injured. So we'll see uh, kind of how that goes. And uh, I think James Graham will be back. So maybe we'll see two uh, two quarterbacks, but it won't be uh, Lucas Johnson this week. Jonathan, you're a product of the Institute, so I know numbers are pretty good for you. What is the ratio this year of run versus pass compared to last year? Uh, surprisingly, it's not a whole lot different. I believe the last numbers I saw were about 70 run, 30 pass. So, uh, and, and Johnson used to run it closer to probably like 75 to 80, you know, to, to 25 to 30. So thus far, it's been uh, relatively low and uh, with uh, remarkably – uh, lower success rate. So, uh, 
nonetheless, that's what they're doing. Well, let's not give up on Jeff Collins. I think with the off oh, week, with the off week they had last week, maybe they had more time to prepare and look for the shocker. I'm going to go ahead and say Georgia Tech's going to give them a fight here on this football Saturday. Wake Forest travels north. They'll be in Beantown to take on the BC Eagle BC Eagles at Alumni Stadium. This set for 3:30 Eastern kick on the ACC Network. And Jonathan, this is a game that features two teams that have a combined seven and one record. Oh, Wake Forest four and zero right now. Yeah, um, and uh, BC has the uh, the inexplicable uh, blowout loss to Kansas on their resume. I'd have to go with the Demon Deacons in this. They've looked pretty darn good this year, and uh, um, uh, I think uh, Dave Clawson is a, is a really underrated coach and has done a great job. Uh, Adazio, you know, he does he does a fair job up there at BC, but can't seem to get him over the hump. All right. And then you have a Friday Night Lights game this week with Duke and Virginia Tech. The final game that we want to talk about in the ACC on this football Saturday at Doak Camel, another ACC thriller in Tallahassee, perhaps, as NC State comes down for a game against the Knowles, who are on a win streak. And Jonathan, this game set for 7.30 Tallahassee time. And your thoughts on how Dave Doran and his Wolfpack might do in the game there at Tallahassee. Well, I probably have to give the nod a little bit to the Knowles. Uh, uh, Knowles, did I hear you right? Yes, you did because uh, I watched the I watched the Wolfpack uh, absolutely get their butts handed to them by what I think is a pretty poor West Virginia team, and uh, and uh, you know they they may have won you know some of the other cupcake games they have, but this will be their first real test, and I actually think Florida State might start to put it together a little bit and start to play a little better. I think maybe. Uh, Maybe we'll see some uh, some progress from them. They seem to do better against Louisville, so I give the give the nod to the Knowles this time. Well, I'm hoping for for Seminole fans' sake. Let's say they actually pull the win out this week against NC State, and they might be able to start turning things around. Jonathan, not so fast, as former Florida State great Lee Corso would say, not so fast, Jonathan, because next week. Well, actually, a week off. They've got a week off. But the next game for the Knowles at Clemson on October 12th. So not so fast. Well, I didn't say that they'll win their games. I just (laughs) said they'll play better. All right. Jonathan Leifite helping us get ready for the week five action in the Atlantic Coast Conference. We appreciate everything, sir. Thank you very much. You guys have a wonderful rest of your week. All right. The Y'all Show continues after this break. Stick around. We're going to let you know all the fun stuff going on in the social media world with hashtag Hullabaloo. And our friend Precious Harris has a bunch of number one news that she's just chomping at the bit to tell us about. And we'll go to Nashville and find out what's going on there in our Nashville Music Line Report. All that in our second hour of the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (laughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed.
somebody say hashtag hullabaloo? <laughs> I think they did. It's the second hour of this hump day midweek, also known as Wednesday edition of our show that's all about the land of cotton. I'm John Rawl. Oh, so good. Oh, it's so good to have you. As Alabama would say, feel so right. I don't have quite that little uh, like Randy Owen did, but I'm doing my best. Speaking of country music and Randy Owen, hey, later this hour, we're going to go to Nashville and our good old pal, Precious Harris, is going to be driving by with a report right on Music Row. And she's got a number one to tell us about, a good little festivity for that. And Eric Church News and a whole bunch more. I am sitting here on the edge of my easy chair waiting for her to show up here in a few minutes with that report. And that's coming up, so don't miss it. But right now, we start this second hour of the Y'all Show, y'all.com, our website, and our phone number. You want to connect to us, 803-816-1170. We start this hour with the aforementioned hash tag. Hullabaloo. And Raphael Merritt is on Twitter at Raphael underscore Merritt. And I do not fancy myself as an expert on the Spanish language. So bear with me here, Raphael. But Raphael, it appears, is from Puerto Rico. And he writes in his description of being from Puerto Rico, the word, and again, I am no Spanish expert. My language I studied that I'm proud of and pretty good at speaking it, but not totally understanding is Deutsch. I'm a German speaker. So for all of you Spanish, Spanish speaking, Espanol speakers, forgive me when I say the word Borincano, Borincano. <laughs> and I had to do some research and I'll tell you what that research was after I read what Raphael Merritt wrote on Twitter. And by the way, Raphael, a student at the University of Central Florida in Orlando, class of 2022. So I guess he would be, what, a June sophomore this year? Yeah, sophomore. So, Raphael, thank you for going on social media. And here's what you wrote this week. You know the food is going to be good when your dad takes a taste of it and says, Woo! Darn tootin'. Hashtag Southern hashtag home cooking and it appears Raphael, you and your dad found something in the orlando area that's good old southern home cooking and we love that here in the south now i i'm all about trade i'm a fair trader here Raphael, and i'm very open to what kind of good food you might have on the island of puerto rico i'm not aware of any particular puerto rican food but I bet you if I go somewhere in Florida, I'll probably find it maybe there in Orlando. But I probably will have to go south, uh, maybe more toward the Miami area. But let's get back to the word he used to describe himself in his profile, Raphael. Borinkino. Borinkino? Borinkino. Sorry. Again, I forgive me, please. Lord, please forgive me for not pronouncing Spanish words correctly. Here is that word. It's spelled B-O-R-I-N-Q-U-E-N-O with a little weird thing above the N. Okay, let's learn what this word. Let's learn about our friends, our fellow American citizens on the island of Puerto Rico. Puerto Ricans often proudly identify themselves as Borica, formerly also spelled a bunch of other ways. It's derived from the Taino word Borican to illustrate their recognition of the island's Taino heritage. The word Borinkin translates to land of brave lords, 
and Borican was used by the original Taino population to refer to the island of Puerto Rico before the arrival of the Spanish. The use of the word Borica has been popularized in the island and abroad by descendants of Puerto Rican heritage, commonly using the phrase Yo Soy Borica, which means I am Borica, to identify themselves as Puerto Ricans. Other variations which are also widely used are Borincoino and Borincano, meaning from Borincon. The first recorded use of the word Borica comes from Christopher Columbus in his letter to the Sovereigns of March 4th, 1493, just after he sailed the ocean blue in 1492. So there is your information on Puerto Rico. And one of my goals here, although Puerto Rico is not exactly a southern state, we'll go ahead and call it a southern territory. In fact, Puerto Rico is part of the Southern Governors Association, of which all of our southern states from Florida to Georgia to Arkansas, I think, is in there, and Mississippi, Tennessee, they're all part of the Southern Governors Association, of which Puerto Rico has a governor, and they're part of the same association. So governor of Puerto Rico, which they have a new one down there, if they're, the other one got kind of sent out over some corruption charges, uh, how about welcome the y'all show down there? I won't even have to get my passport to come down to San Juan or some of the other great places like Carolina is a town that I'd love to go to there on the island of Puerto Rico. And that's your Puerto Rican info coming to you here on this Wednesday, y'all. So, hey, we cover it all, y'all. All right, Borinquinos and everybody else out there listening. Our next tweet comes from Tom Leo 83 who writes in his profile, my main interest, surfing tips about fitness, health, food, fashion, and makeup. And Tom Leo 83 on Twitter writes, Southern fried apples, cracker barrel copycat like us. And what they're talking about, and I, I hate to keep bringing up cracker barrel. We did it earlier this week. Uh, we, we're not owned by cracker barrel, although we would like for cracker barrel to go ahead and send us some dividend checks. Cracker Barrel celebrates its 50th anniversary this year, and we have a great story up on y'all.com that you can go read. Now, I don't know if the article mentions anything in there about southern fried apples, and that's something that Cracker Barrel serves, if you are aware of the menu items at your local Cracker Barrel. So what Tom Leo 83 is writing here in, on the Twitter and on social media this week is the great love that he has, evidently, and many of you may also have, for the southern fried apples available at the barrel. And so what I did is I went to food.com, and I found a southern fried apple cracker barrel recipe, and you can pull it up there at food.com yourself. And I'm going to kind of run through some of the information in case you want to do a little cooking of southern fried apples, what you need and kind of what it takes, all right? So the first thing you need you need to know how long it's going to take. It's going to take about 35 minutes to make this thing. Okay, you need two cups of apple juice plus a half cup of apple juice. Two cups of apple juice plus a half cup of apple juice. I don't know what that means. All right, sorry. Four large golden delicious apples with peel cut a half inch wedges. Three tablespoons of cornstarch, a teaspoon of apple pie, spice, and four tablespoons of sugar. You just knew that I was going to say sugar at some point. So you take all these ingredients and you put them in a medium skillet. Combine the two cups of apple juice and sliced apples. Simmer gently until the apples are fork tender but not mushy turning the apples frequently. Then remove the apples from the juice using a slotted spoon and place in an oven-safe dish. And then in a blender, you combine the remaining half cup of apple juice, cornstarch, apple pie, spice, and sugar. Then blend a few seconds until it's smooth. 
Whisk the mixture into a hot apple juice and skillet and cook, stirring constantly on medium-high heat until it bubbles and becomes thickened and smooth. Then you pour the thickened mixture over the apples and serve. And the cooking time, by the way, is I said it was just over 30 minutes. It is an approximate guess on the cooking time. But if you do all that, you will have southern fried apples served up the way the folks at Cracker Barrel do every day. And you can go to food.com and learn more about this recipe. So there you have it. And I'm sure our friend from Puerto Rico knows all too well what is served up at Cracker Barrel. I wonder if they have Cracker Barrel on the island of Puerto Rico. That would be a good question. My guess is eh, kind of hard to get some of that good southern food on a boat or plane down to the island, but they ought to. All right. Next up on our hashtag, Hullablue, <laughs> kind of keeping it southern here. We go to a Twitter account called Grassroots Hashtag Yang Gang. And this comes from B-Box Reality. By the way, what's Yang Gang? Hashtag Yang Gang committed to ensuring Andrew Yang is the next president of the United States. And Andrew Yang is running for president right now on the Democratic side. And I didn't know he had a cute little name for his followers, the Yang Gang. All right. So someone is poking fun back at the Yang Gang on social media this week as they saw a tweet from Yang Gang, DSMY Yang Gang, the Iowa Yang Gang group that's helping Andrew Yang try to get the Iowa caucus victory here in a couple of months. As they wrote up in Iowa, we need translators on a national level. If you are fluent in any of the following languages, contact YG Translations on Twitter or through other options mentioned in their call to action below. They need translators in the languages of Chinese, Korean, Japanese, Vietnamese, and Spanish. Okay, that's the kind of people Andrew Yang, his followers are trying to get to translate. So I guess they can go out and get these people to vote. They may not speak any English, but they want their vote so they can vote for Andrew Yang. Uh, Something doesn't quite add up to me on that. Well, it doesn't quite add up to grassroots hashtag gang gang and B-Box reality because what they said in response to this translator call for translators in Iowa, they said, sadly, Yang gang, I do not see Southern listed as a language. If you happen to know any of these to Yang gang, pitch in. Okay, so they're trying to tell Yang gang, hey, you need to have people in the South who speak fluent Southern be a part of Yang Gang, okay? We like our Southern English. Speaking of Alabama, we started this segment off talking to Randy Owen. I'll speak my Southern English as naturally as can be. I'm in the heart of Dixie. Dixie's in the heart of me, although I'm not really in the heart of Dixie right now. But yes, Yang Gang, if you go down to the heart of Dixie or anywhere else in the South, you better learn how to speak Southern, my boy, or else you're not going to get too many votes, even on the Democratic side. Southern Bell Products is on Twitter at Southern Bell, B-E-L-L-E-P-R-O. Southern Bell Products, an apothecary and survival. By the way, that fancy word, apothecary, is the word for pharmacy. <laughs> so uh, apothe- I'm trying to remember when I was in Europe, I saw in Germany, I was just bragging about how I speak German. Uh, apothecary, I think, is how it's there. I actually had to go into one of those when I was there 20-something years ago, and, and uh, I did pretty well. Although they switched over to English, although not Southern English. And we said, Guten Tag, y'all. All All right, here is what's coming from Southern Bell Products on the social media stratosphere. They write, North is a direction, 
The South is a lifestyle. Can I get an amen? Amen. North is a direction. The South is a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. I love it. Hashtag Southern Living. Hashtag Southern Bell. Hashtag Southern from Southern Bell Products. Yeah, we have a lifestyle. It's This is not just a direction on the map. This is a part of the world where we're talking about food. We're talking about accents. We're talking about college football. We're talking about the word y'all, the show called y'all. We're talking about, oh, so much that's part of the South. This is truly the most unusual part of our American landscape. And we've got the people to prove it. We've got the scenery to prove it. We've got the history. Not all of it good, by the way. But, hey, we were making history, good or bad, when other parts of this country weren't doing a darn thing, in my opinion. Yeah, take it to the bank there west coast and pacific northwest and even the darn midwest can y'all name anything that exciting that's ever happened in any of the dakotas montana iowa kansas what's happened that exciting in a bunch of these states hey what's happened exciting in california here lately just nonsense y'all so yeah, we're proud of our South and we're, and I'm not even picking on the North here. I'm only picking on the West with that statement. Hey, I'm looking at you, Northeast, New England, which is a nice place to be sometimes, but it, it ain't that exciting compared to great states of the South. All of our Southern states are freaking great. And we're here to defend it on the y'all show. How about that? Speaking of how the South is so darn great, it's our people. It's our talent and in terms of talent, we have great writers that come from Dixie. So I go to this tweet here on our hashtag Hullabaloo, and this will be our final hashtag Hullabaloo here on this day's y'all show. And I'm going to have to, I, I'm not very good at speaking Spanish. I'm also not very good at some of these Latin words. So forgive me for my Southern Latin when I say this tweet comes from Parapatisius, okay? P-E-R-A-P-I-T-E-T-I-C-U-S, okay? And all you Latin teachers and all you lawyers out there, don't laugh at me. I'm sorry. I'm just an old Carolinian, okay? I'm an old Carolinian that spent too much time in, in, in South Carolina and in Tennessee and in Georgia and Alabama and Mississippi, okay? So, Blame it on all those states. Those are the states that I've called home at some point in my life. And I didn't learn, I didn't learn this crazy Latin stuff. All right. So with that out of the way, this person, Paratitius, writes, English tea using language to explore the world with students and attempting to help them navigate it through lit poetry drama. And this is their personal email account or rather Twitter account. So what this person writes, and I don't know if it's a male or female here. So pronoun of them there okay and they write a southern novelist who deserves a wider reading hashtag walker percy and then they write that's the tweet they just want to keep it simple that a southern novelist who deserves a lot more fame and fortune although they're deceased now walker percy all right let me tell you about walker percy as walker percy was born in 1916 and passed away in 1990 and was a writer whose interests include philosophy and semiotics. Semiotics, see, there again, I'm not good at Latin. Percy is known for his philosophical novels set in around New Orleans, the first of which, the moviegoer, rather, won the U.S. National Book Award for Fiction. He was trained as a physician at Columbia University in New York City, 
Walker Percy decided to instead become a writer following a bout of tuberculosis. He devoted his literary life to the exploration of the dislocation of man in the modern age. Walker Percy's work displays a combination of existential questioning, Southern sensibility, and a deep Catholic faith. He had a longtime friendship with author and historian Shelby Foote. Walker Percy spent much of his life in Covington, Louisiana, where he died of prostate cancer in 1990. Now, he knew Shelby Foote. Of course, I have interviewed Shelby Foote on more than one occasion. And I remember being at Shelby Foote's house, and he talked about Walker Percy. And I didn't know they had a connection until Mr. Foote told me that in 2002, I think it was. And the reason that Walker Percy knew Shelby Foote is because after his parents, both of which I think died, he actually moved to Greenville, Mississippi, and was raised, I think, by his uncle, of which Shelby Foote's hometown was Greenville, Mississippi. And so those two guys were buddies, and I know Shelby Foote originally went to college at Rollins College in Florida, and they actually had many letters back and forth as they were buddies. In fact, someone has turned that into a book, the correspondence between Walker Percy and Shelby Foote, or if you'll let me put my Southern speak filter on, it's Shelby, Shelby Foote and Walker Poissy, Walker Poissy, Walker Poissy and Shelby Foote. Okay, I don't want to sound like a fake actor on some of these movies that try to make themselves sound like they're Southern and they sound like a a clown, to be honest with you. But yeah, that is our story, and that's our news on Walker Percy. If you're a person who likes Southern novels, you'll like some of the work that he's done. And In fact, remember, the moviegoer won the U.S. National Book Award for Fiction. And that's our our tweet, thanks to Peripatesius there bragging on Walker Percy here on this Wednesday Y'all Show. Well, that will wrap up our hashtag hullabaloo. When we come back, we're going to keep it going, the fun. We're going to switch over from talking about literature to songwriting and making great music in Nashville, Tennessee. And we'll do that thanks to Precious Harris. She is going to be on with the Nashville Music Line. And that, my friends, is up next. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. 
This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. And now Vistaprint is introducing free shipping on all business cards in any quantity. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. For limited time only, get free shipping on all business cards in any quantity with promo code 3131. That's promo code 3131 at vistaprint.com. Own the now. Beer don't keep, love's not cheap, trucks don't wreck themselves. Mama ain't a shrink, dad ain't a bank, and God ain't a wishing well. Money ain't rich, everybody sins, and nobody wins in a fight. And sometimes wrong is right. Some of it, you learn the hard way, some of it. One of Appalachian State University's two great country music singers of today. <laughs> yeah, that's Eric Church there. The other guy, Luke Combs. Not a bad record there coming out of Boone, North Carolina. This is the Y'all Show, and this is John Rawl, and I got Precious Harris joining us right now from Music Row in Nashville. Precious, the author of I Know Country, with 366 daily country music questions and answers. You can go online to iknowcountry.com and buy and instantly download your ebook copy of I Know Country. Now, Precious is also a music career development consultant that emphasizes new and aspiring artists and songwriters. Go to her website, collegeofsongology.com, for more details. And you can follow Miss Harris's blog, nashvillemusicline.com. And she's also on the pages of y'all.com each and every week with her Nashville Music Line report. And she's here to tell us a little bit more about Eric Church and other happenings of Music City USA. Hello, Precious. Hello, hello. It was a crazy day yesterday, but it was so much fun. All right, well, we we have to live vicariously through you, so why was it crazy, Miss Precious? Okay, well, let's start with Monday, where Miranda had a little private viewing of her album that's coming and that out. That would be Miranda Lambert we're talking about? Yes, Miss Miranda Lambert. She was at a small venue there, about four or five blocks from Music Row, called Exit In, and she was previewing her new her new album, and it was an apparently there was there was plenty of room to walk toward the stage. Uh, I didn't get to go because I had already promised myself to do somebody else. But uh, my assistant went, and she got an incredible picture of Miranda. And she said Miranda's better than she's ever been. So kudos to Miss Miranda. And then last night we had a Luke Combs uh, actually said one of his favorite people that influenced him growing up was Eric Church, and of course them both being from North Carolina. Luke actually dedicated, uh, sent a video uh, message to Eric to congratulate him on his two number one songs that we celebrated yesterday. But he said that he learned how to write and learned how to realize what the level was that you need to be at 
when he first heard Eric Church's song. And he said he's one of the main reasons why I came to Nashville. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, Those you know, two number Eric, ones, by the way, before we forget, Eric Church celebrating a double dose of number one hits for some of it and Round Here Buzz. Both songs he helped co-write, by the way. Yes. And, of course, I've been uh, the first one, the sound of it, was co-written by Eric Church, of course, Jeff Hyde, Bobby Pinson, and Clint Daniels. And, of course, I've been knowing Bobby and Clint for 15, 20 years. Um, but Clint was actually co-wrote a song called Broken Heartsville with my former boss who wrote, who was one of the songwriters on that. And that was his big hit, of course, for Joe Nichols. And then Round Here Buzz was Eric Church and Jeff Hyde was actually on both of them. And um, a guy from New York named Lou Dick. And he's actually been making trips back and forth to meet with Arterio, which is Eric's producer, and actually signed to publish it. So he was sort of neutral and Luke until he got to that level. But he's one of those songwriters that can write anything, blues, country, gospel, rock. Um, but he said he was glad that he made the move to come to Nashville. But it was just great. I mean, everybody was there. I got to see my friend Neil Pond that I went to college with at Western. And he used to be the uh, editor over Music City News. He is now one of the top people at Parade Magazine. So it was pretty, it was like a homecoming. And then my friend Shannon McCombs was there. And my friend Laura Healy, who's a syndicated uh, 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 host on a radio show. So it was just like the biggest family reunion. It was so much fun. Well, we're glad you had fun. And again, congratulations to Eric Church with these two number ones. And as we said, starting out this segment, good times for Eric Church, as well as his fellow Appalachian State alum, Luke Combs. And oh, by the way, Appalachian State got a big win last week on the football field as they beat North Carolina. The Tar Heels went down to the Mountaineers last weekend. Back no. to, yeah. Wow. So big Ouch. news if you. Yeah, well, it was it was a great win for App State of the Sun Belt Conference to knock off that ACC team. Hey, we we covered all that in that first hour, Precious. You should have been listening to our ACC report, but I digress. Hey, more news coming from Nashville, Precious. Let's talk about Chris Young. Now he's the guy that's from Tennessee, so I assume he likes that orange team. He's a multi platinum, no. huh? No, 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 no. You know how? No, no. Tell me. I was at Talking Mama Cedar one day, and I looked down. And he had on these bright, bright neon colored tennis shoes. And I look up and the neon color was like a green, but his hat just from the side, it looked like it was a burnt orange. And I said, oh, you're a Tennessee fan. He raises, what? No, I'm a Texas Longhorn fan. <laughs> and I looked around and there it was, Texas Longhorn right on his ball cap. Really? Yes. I was surprised too. Chris Young, who is from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah, right. he sure is, little booger. Okay, and uh, he and he gets me being a Kentucky fan, of course. So uh, I, uh, yeah, you're 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 one of those. <laughs> yeah, no. Blood but, runs blue. Well, he closed out Chris Young, the Longhorn fan that he is. Close. He ought to be a Blue Raider fan. He closed out the summer run of his Raised on Country World Tour in Florida, headlining venues in Jacksonville, Tampa, and West Palm Beach. And since launching his North American leg of this tour back in May, he's played to over 300,000 fans this summer as he headlined these shows across the country. Chris Young will kick off the fall leg of his Raised on Country World Tour 2019 on September. 
September 26th in Erie, Pennsylvania. And he'll be joined by special guest Eli Young Band and Matt Stell. They've got 19 new shows going on through November. And that's just a great deal going for Chris Young, who, look, Precious, this is a guy who's had success, but I wouldn't put Chris Young on the level of, let's say, a Luke Bryan or a Florida Georgia line when it comes to the super superstars of today. And this guy, Chris Young, who's put out great music, that's impressive that he's headlining these tours and having over 300,000 paying customers. Well, the way I, um, just FYI, I think Chris has had his 11th number one, or I think it's 11th number one song. And when I interviewed him, I guess a couple of months back, he said he's happy where he's at. He just strives to make a better record every time that he gets in the studio. But if look at a good comparison to who is uh, Dirk Bentley, who's had, I think, 18 or 19 number one songs. And he's just now getting recognized, what I call recognition. He's always been nominated for some of the awards, ACM and CMA male vocalist. But after that many number ones, he's finally to the point that he will be what some of the industry people, the fans don't care. They buy his music, they go to his concerts, they love him. Uh, but And that's who he actually talks about that he's glad that he's in the in just being on these ballots and stuff nominated by his peers but the fans are what drives him to do what he does and that's what actually exactly what um chris young said you know he's uh he's one of those who's very happy songwriting he loves being on the road he loves his fans very very dedicated but it's about being a slow build and not so much about winning the awards you know mm-hmm. Well, again, Chris Young, who's had some good success through the years, his, I guess, the latest big hit was Raised on Country, and he's got a brand new song out to country radio called Drowning, which was written in memory of a close friend of his, and that, again, called Drowning. He also has a song called Town Ain't Big Enough that has Lauren Elena on it, and all three of these songs are a part of his upcoming studio album. You can go to chrisyoungcountry.com to get more information let's talk about a singer precious we haven't talked a lot about on this show because i guess not a lot's been going on in phil vassar's world but he's bringing his 20 years of hits to venues across the country with strip down which is an acoustic show that's going on in 14 cities from coast to coast with more dates to be added phil vassar great to hear that he's out in the country and around the country performing a guy who had so many great songs like carlene and others that just were so memorable he was tearing it up about 15 years ago on country radio phil vassar great to see him doing all this oh yeah he's also a lot of people don't realize he uh he's written a couple of songs for mcgraw uh my next 30 years and um he also wrote uh rag top i think it's one of his he also had a couple of big hits for bye bye baby goodbye for jody messina but yeah he was he was actually getting notoriety but here's the crazy part when he came to town he was playing like my next 30 years and bye bye baby and some of the huge hits even had an album titled for jody messina when they were uh i think if i'm not mistaken they were dating many 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 like 30 years ago something poor, like that poor fellow he dated jody messina <laughs> yeah and uh but they kept it very professional you didn't know it unless you knew it you know and when they were out in public it was very much songwriter artist artist songwriter but uh anyway i'm only picking on jody because i've been around jody messina miss heads carolina tells california and oh, yeah. her, her laugh that too. her laugh will drive you out of the room you just can't be around her because she, she's got a laugh worse than yours precious 
<laughs> well, I will tell you, like I said, she has always been very, very sweet to me. And I love, I've loved her. And I'm so glad she's, her cancer's in remission. But Phil Vassar, the last, um, I was checking up on some things. I had a, in the music industry, we lost a very, very blessed and loved journal from Billboard named uh, Chuck Dolphin. He, everybody, he helped break so many careers of these superstars. And we had his memorial on Sunday. And then, but he, uh, and we lost him, like I said, on Saturday. And then, of course, everybody's heard about the tragedy of Josh Turner's band. You know, um, he rides on a family bus because he's got three kids, four kids, maybe him and his wife. And she's a keyboard player. So they have their bus and kids. I mean, lots of kids. And the other bus is the crew bus. And they're still investigating. But it went over, uh, went through about 20 yards off the road and down an 80 foot cliff. Um, The sound man who I've known forever, um, Mr. Turner, he was David Turner. He was killed. Uh, The other seven are still in the hospital. And according to his tour manager, Jim Mayo, I knew when I was an intern at Atlantic because he was John Michael Montgomery's tour manager. And he's been in the business a long time. And Josh had to cancel where he was going to play because of the, the tragedy. And Phil Vassar uh, was actually chosen to come in and, and step in and play the show for uh, Josh at the last minute. So, you know, that's what country folks do. They jump in and they help each other when it's needed. Yeah. um, Well, I hate to hear about Mr. Young passing away in that awful tragedy of the bus literally falling off a cliff there in California. And, you know, he actually, his hometown or where he resided was not Nashville. It was Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah. And I did not know him. I, of course, lived there in that town for about 16 years. And I don't know how long he had lived there, but our paths never crossed in that small town. I know. It's very small. Well, I think he was here a lot. Um, I think his last name was Turner. I yeah, think. yeah, it was. No, no relation to Josh, by the way. I remember when the no. story broke, there was no yeah. like father-son type or cousin type deal. Yeah. And we were trying to make sure they knew that because everybody was assuming it was a family member just because of the last name. But uh, anyway, but yeah, prayers to them. But, you know, everything, hopefully it would be, you know, would be out getting out of the hospital. I think Jim is going to be out in two or three weeks, but. You know, saying prayers for the whole entire everybody affected in that tragic. It's sure. a scary time. That's something we take for granted in today's world where people can hop on a plane and fly somewhere. When it comes to musicians, frankly, the, the at least other than the singer, everybody else pretty much has to ride on a bus. And yeah. <laughs> I, 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 they, they ride all the time. In fact, even the superstars, they kind of get used to that bus and it's their home. And it's dangerous out there on the road. Whether you're on a tour bus or you're in your Volkswagen Beetle, it's a scary thing out there on the highways and byways of the country. And and uh, I know we have accidents happen all the time. And I remember, what was it, a couple months ago, it was uh, somebody was playing in South Carolina. It might have been Shenandoah. Yes, I remember. Yeah, I think it was. And they had an awful wreck happen that they witnessed, and then they had to kind of cancel a date because they were right there, part of it. And it's just, it's just that, and they luckily weren't injured themselves. But it's, it's just rough out there. So all I can say is, slow down and do not 
text, y'all, and yes, we will exactly. be a lot better off. Hey, we've got more to talk about with Precious. As we go to break, let me let you know about the top five songs on country radio right now. Justin Moore, the ones that didn't make it back home, is it checking in at number five. Southbound, great song from Carrie Underwood. It checks in at number four this week on the Billboard Top Country Airplay chart. Knocking Boots from Luke Bryan is at number three. It was number one last week. Chris Lane, I Don't Know About You is at number two. And Dirks Bentley, Living, is number one this week. Great job, Dirks Bentley, the Arizonan, coming in there at number one with the Billboard Top 5 Country Airplay for this week. As we go to break, we've got a little trivia question for you to ponder before we get back here in a few minutes. Which album by the great George Strait was the first to ever debut on country, the Billboard Country album charts at the number one position it debuted of course george had some really good music going on in the early part of his career but most of his early work didn't debut at numero uno and this one did and we'll tell you which one it was when we come back we'll even have a song from that album after the break stay tuned we'll wrap up today's y'all show with precious harris Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Take you back Girl, your memory Won't ever haunt me Cause I don't love you And I feel by that I got some Oceanfront property In Arizona Woo! Going back to the 1980s For that great song from George Strait. And we'll tell you what album that song from here in just a second. This is our Y'all Show Nashville Music Line Report from Precious Harris, author of I Know Country. And Precious is also, you can find her work, her blog at NashvilleMusicLine.com and CollegeOfSongology.com. Of course, she also has her Nashville Music Line Report posted each week on the pages of Y'all.com. And Miss Precious, as we went to break, King George, we had a trivia question about George Strait. Which album by Mr. Strait was the first to ever debut on the Billboard Country Album Charts 
at the number one position. And this is from 1987. What album was it? <laughs> what do you think? Well, I have the answer in front of me, so I don't have to think much at all. But I know the answer. Okay. Oceanfront Property. Yes, it was. And you know why that everybody thought was such a crazy song? Because they said, where is there any oceanfront property in Nashville, you know, in the area? And as soon as they heard the lyrics, the first, uh, I think it was written, I want to say Dean Dillon had a hand in that, maybe Hank Cochran. But uh, I think it was Hank, because we were talking about him the other day. But when they sang it, the first two lines, everybody's like, oh, my God, that's such a genius song. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great one from 1987, George Strait. And, you know, I guess good trivia question. I'm sure you know it. But just for our okay. audience, just to test you here, Miss Precious, what was his first single? Uh, hang on. I'll tell you. Oh, man. Uh, Come on, Precious. You hang, was, on, hang on. Hang on. No, no, no. I don't Google want you to Google. I re- no, I'm not Googling. Uh Oh, my gosh. It's one word. Yep. <laughs> one word. I can't remember the word. Two syllables, though. Yes. One word, two syllables. Um, my favorite song is, it's on the same record. It's, uh, it's I think it's Amarillo by Mornings on there. And my other favorite one is, if you're looking for a stranger, there's one coming home. Uh, yeah. Okay, tell me. I have a brain fart. And it's I'm, crazy. I'm not Googling. I promise you. Scouts on Unwound. Yeah, unwound. Yes. Which I don't think was number one, but it was the one that got him out of the gate. George Strait. Ready yes. for some more music from him any old day now. Hey, let's talk a little bit about Cody Johnson. Cody Johnson wanted to record some classic country music, and he when he decided to record, he knew where to turn to the writers who were writing songs back in the 1990s. Of course, Precious, you're going to have to let me know a little bit more about who Cody Johnson is and the story coming out of Durango Management. Well, now, Cody... Everybody, if you live in Texas, he's a household word. It's as much as actually George Strait, okay? But uh, Nice segue, huh? Yes, very nice segue. Uh, he's a Texas boy, of course. But anyway, but uh, the, the label, uh, I mean, the management for him, Durango, they've been together for a very long time. But the guy that's over it, Scott Gunter, he, because Cody is very traditional, okay? And... Uh, so anyway, his manager reached out to a couple of people. Matter of fact, one of them uh, was my friend Cheryl Blackman, and uh, but he wanted re- unrecorded songs from writers who were the go-to guys at the end of the 20th century. And Cheryl Blackman was one of those guys that George Strait would call up when he needed a song. And so they said they don't want any of the modern stuff. So this is why that Cody is actually taking the, the pole, what I call the flagpole for traditional country music and walking it out of Texas and around the globe going through, of course, he's a Warner brothers signed, signed artist, but his, his album, if you love Randy Travis, if you love the, the, the country music from the early nineties and the late eighties, which is traditional down the pack, you're going to love Cody's record. Well, he had some success last year with his song, On My Way to You. It went to number 13 on the Airplay chart and sold over 100,000 copies. His latest song, Nothing On You. And as you said, he is a member of the Warner Brothers record label out of Nashville now. The Huntsville, Texas native Cody Johnson, who is 32 years young. And I like the fact that he had some production help when he got going from Trent Willman, the old Columbia Records, Sony Music artist. Oh, I love Trent. Yes. 
Yeah, love it. Love Trent it, Willman, it. who we play some of his music from time to time, didn't end up becoming a household name, but he kind of was packaged with Miranda Lambert. In fact, I got invited out to Austin one time for a showcase of Trent Willman and Miranda Lambert, and it was a great little weekend. Thank you, Sony Music, for that great weekend, and, and love Trent Willman, the Texas Tech alum, and he had a hand in Cody Johnson's early work helping him produce his music. But Cody Johnson, that's a name to be on the lookout for here on the Y'all Show. Hey, we also want to let you know here as we go through the Y'all and the country music knowledge on this day in country music history. Hey, Precious, did you know the Postal Service issued a series of stamps that honored four important country music acts, Hank Williams, the Carter family, Patsy Cline, and Bob Wills. And this was 26 years ago today, September 25th, 1993. This was the Legends of American Music Series stamps. And it was on sale for 29 cents each. Precious, I long for the day when we could go to the post office and get a 29 cent stamp. You and me too, darling. I about died when I just got a forever stamp. I mean, it's almost as much. I think it's 50 cents, something like that now. Unfortunately, I don't buy stamps. I'm spoiled rotten and my husband brings them to me. So I don't have to go stand in line because I'm rotten. Yeah, you but, are. Uh, <laughs> I am rotten. Precious, on yeah. this day three years ago, sadly, a 50-year member of the Grand Ole Opry passed away, honky-tonk singer Jean Shepard, and her hits included Second Fiddle to an Old Guitar, A Satisfied Mind, and a duet she did with Ferlin Husky, a Dear John Letter, Jean Shepard. She was on the Opry like every weekend. Oh, yeah, and her son is a, is a uh, you know, of course, he never saw his daddy. She was pregnant with Hawkshaw. Hawkins was her husband, and he was in the fatal plane crash that killed uh, Patsy Cline and Cowboy Coppola's. Um, But I was looking trivia the day, and someone told me when I was talking about just the things about how the, you know, Buddy Holly, we lost the rockers in an airplane, but country music, we lost Jim Reeves and Patsy Cline within a short span of each other, you know, in an airplane crash. Mm -hmm. And the one common denominator that they had, even though they were, you know, several, I think maybe a year or so apart from the crash, I'll have to double check. The pilot of each plane went to the same airplane school huh. and had the same teacher, both pilots. Patsy Klein, her plane crashed in Camden, Tennessee, which is in West yeah. Tennessee. And then mm-hmm. Jim Reeves, his plane actually crashed, I think, in Brentwood. Just outside yeah, Brentwood and Nashville. Just outside of Nashville. And he was actually, I think he was piloting his plane, I think. Does that sound? Yeah. yeah, he was. And like I said, he his flight instructor is the same flight instructor that taught the person flying Patsy Klein's plane. Mm, Jim Reeves. That's what I was told. Gentleman uh, Jim Reeves, great Texan. And a great country singer from many, many years ago. We all lost way too young. Hey, we got some birthdays coming up. Tomorrow we would celebrate the birthday of Lynn Anderson, who was, of course, the Rose Garden singer. She died back in 2015, but she was born on September 26th of 1947. Hey, a birthday to David Frizzell. You know what? I think I'm going to be go and hire me a wino, precious. David Frizzell, <laughs> he turns 78 years young tomorrow and of course his brother was lefty Frizzell, who we lost again way way too young tomorrow's also the birthday of the aussie the original aussie in country music olivia newton john turns 71 years young 
on mm-hmm. Thursday. And we also have some birthdays coming up this weekend. Little Big Town's Karen Fairchild. She turns 50, the big 5-0. And Mandy Bardet, who used to portray Patsy Cline, she turns 44. And how about this? Jerry Lee Lewis is going to be. I can't believe he's alive. Yeah. Not, <laughs> hey, Precious, we actually tweeted this out on our y'all Instagram feed here this week. We had a picture put out by his first cousin, Mickey Gilly. He went by and saw Jerry Lee last week in Aww. Nesbitt, Mississippi. And these two first cousins were photographed in a picture. And Mickey sent that out. And these two. We're, I guess, having an early birthday celebration. Jerry Lee Lewis, this weekend, turns 84 years old. Whoa, great balls of fire. I know. And I actually was uh, interviewed Mandy Monday. Did you? Yes. All right. She is. Uh, I think she's from Crossville. Does that sound right? Yes. And she, wait till you hear what I know. I mean, wait till I tell you what I found out. I'll have to wait till next week because I want to. Uh, surprise i was hoping i have i'm waiting on a couple of pictures for you to confirm you know because you got to have everything run by the publicist and oh the heck with publicists we don't need don't let's cut them out of the equation you just tell everybody (laughs) tell the world precious i know i know but i have to wait for approved photos uh i did take a picture of the entire orchestra before they went into the orchestra section but uh she's got some incredible music coming up and her producer i think is 94 Five years old. Mm. Mandy Barnett. Yeah, so I'll will. surprise you with some of the good bits next week, I all promise. Right. We're waiting for that and all the other good news that you provide. Precious Harris, everybody. Collegeofsongology.com and Inocountry.com and, of course, y'all.com. Precious, thank you for the great knowledge, and we'll chat with you next week. Sounds good. Y'all have a good week. Bye-bye. And that will wrap up our Y'all show here and join us on Thursday where we'll have some great information coming your way and we'll have a very special guest on our Thursday show in our SEC Spotlight. SouthernPigskin.com does a wonderful job of covering all things college football in Dixie and B.J. Bennett from that site will be on as our SEC insider and he has a lot to say about the Southeastern Conference. And that's on the Thursday, y'all. Until that time, have a great rest of y'all's day. You've been listening to the show that's all about Dixie. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.